Hey everyone and welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. This is episode 20. We've made it to episode 20, transitioning to using in-ears with your band. Behind the Spacebar is a podcast for musicians, music directors, playback techs, really anyone performing on stage with Ableton Live. In fact, um, uh, last week, this week, and next week, I'm kind of expanding it. It's really just anyone who performs on stage, anyone involved in production in any capacity, any style, any venue. Um, this show is a great show for you. Occasionally we go deep on tracks and Ableton and things like that. Um, but uh, today's show, it, we're smack dab in the middle of a series all about using in-ears and using in-ears on stage with your band. Last week, we talked about why you should use in-ears with your band. This week, we're talking about how to make that transition. And then next week, we're going to wrap up uh, talking about how to improve your in-ear mix. And I say we're smack dab in the middle of a, a series. This is a three-part series on the podcast. On Wednesdays, as we're talking about content for worship leaders um, uh, and folks using tracks and stems in church, um, we're diving deep on all things in here. So if you're a worship leader listening to this, make sure to head to the YouTube channel. Uh, I've got the link in the show notes of this, or maybe you're watching on YouTube. And again, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on this. Um, and uh, last week, last Saturday, we talked about choosing the best in-ears for live performance uh, on our Saturday gear-focused content. So um, we are just, again, we're all about uh, in-ears um, uh, right now and in this month and really for next month as well, too. Um, and a lot of really good content. So today we're talking about transitioning to using in-ears with your band. Um, this is something I've taught a lot, at, particularly at worship conferences and churches and transitioning You know, a, a group of volunteers, a group of people who don't have a lot of experience playing together to in-ears. But this content applies, and this, this I've added some extra things in here. This is just the broader and wider. So this is not going to be just focused on worship leaders, not just focused on applying this with volunteers. This is focused on um, uh, uh, you know, you trying to help your bandmates come along to use in ears. Maybe you've been using in ears for a while. Maybe uh, you've had them for a while. You love it. Uh, they're get you know like you're trying to get them on board. You sent them last week's episode, and they hopefully learned the reasons why uh, they should uh, use in ears. But this is how you can kind of make that transition and and get them on board. Maybe you just joined a brand new band and they're still using floor wedges, and you're like, guys, we gotta start using in ears. Um, uh, this is the process you're going to walk them through. So let's dive in. I've got a couple pointers here. Uh, we should be in and out pretty quick on today's episode, you know, knock on fake wood. Um, uh, of course I always say that and it takes longer, but we'll see. Okay. So number one, if you're going to transition your band to using in-ears and I don't care what the context is, I don't care if, if they're pros who have been traveling and played for a long time, but never use in-ears or uh, a group of volunteers at a small church, um, uh, that are not professionals and don't play professionally. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your band is. The first step, most important step of all this is to cast vision. If you're not casting vision, you've got to make it all about what's in it for them. You can't just say, hey, I listen to this podcast with this Ableton Live certified trainer guy. And he said that we should be using in-ears. So we're going to start using in-ears. Why do I care? What the heck? Like, how, how does that apply to me? That means nothing to me. There's no benefit in it for me. But as opposed to that, if I come out and say, hey, how amazing would it be to stand on stage and like actually be able to hear each other play? How amazing would it be to walk into any venue and know that the sound we're creating for the people in the audience is enjoyable? And uh, how great would it be to have a, a pretty inexpensive, easy way for us to sound better? So go back to last week's episode, um, Sin your bandmates, um, that link, if you want to, or like 
kind of listen to the material, then you can go preach it yourself to the band. But um, you've got to give them benefits. Uh, revisit last week's episode. You've got to make it all about them. What's in it for them? It's going to improve their experience. They finally uh, don't have to battle any longer with, you know, more of me, less of them, like, you know, and going back and forth with someone. They're going to have their own customized mix. It's going to be a great experience. Their guitar tone is going to be better. They're going to be a better singer. Um, it's just going to be a way better experience. You've got to cast vision. Because again, if you just come in and say, we should be using in-ears, nobody cares. I hate to tell you, nobody cares. You're, you're like pumped up. You've been listening to podcasts. You've been watching other bands you've been going okay most everyone i respect and look up to is using in-ears we should do this too they have it they don't care they're just doing it for fun just doing it for them um so you've got to convince them okay um number two after you cast vision to your bandmates maybe you're the person in charge and it's less of less of casting vision and more of like here's where we're going but here's why I want to go there um the next thing you need to do is set a timeline this is the biggest mistake i see Gosh, I'll go to a conference and I'll teach a concept using in-ears, playing with a click, playing with tracks. And like a week later, people are trying to implement that with their band. I'll see people reach out on the site often and say, hey, I've never used Ableton before. I just signed up for your subscription and I'm taking the tracks through on advanced class and like it's way over my head, but I, I have to have this in a week. And I'm like, well, don't take the advanced tracks course, like take tracks 101. There's a reason why I have a quick start course because you need a quick start like you, you're not an ableton expert um you haven't used ableton for a while it's going to take your band a while to get used to it. it it's like picking up a guitar and being mad that you can't play eruption yet and you're like well it's an instrument it takes a while so you've got to set a timeline so here's what i always say is say um hey guys we're going to start using in-ears um let's say at this point you've convinced your band that you should be using in-ears you'll say hey guys we're going to use in-ears but um in two months we're going to do our first show with in-ears well, between now and those two months, every single rehearsal, you need to um, be practicing using in-ears. You need to be setting up in-ear mixes, helping each other. I'll share a tip here next that um, you may never have thought of when it comes to in-ears that uh, I think would, would really benefit you and your band. Um, but you need to spend some time doing it before you actually have to do it. So don't say, hey, we're going to transition to in-ears. We have a big showcase coming up. And uh, the first time we ever use in-ears is going to be the the chance that we have to like make it big no that's a really bad idea don't do that spend time practicing up to that uh spend rehearsals leading up to that point uh spend time training uh, getting outside help whatever you need to to make that happen so that when it comes time to actually make the transition you've got that timeline you've put in the work and done it and not just tried it for the first time on stage where people are going to hear how bad you sound and how uncomfortable you feel um, because of that. So third thing, and this is maybe something you never thought of when it comes to in-ears, but consult outside help, get outside help, get an audio engineer that, you know, uh, that you've heard mix before locally to come help you with your in-ear mix. Even if they've never created an in-ear mix before, they have the tools and the ability and the, the skills to create good mixes. So what they could do is listen to your in-ear mix and help provide some guidance. Part of, and we'll talk about this next, part of the reason why transitioning to in-ears is so difficult, typically, let me put it in the church context for a, a, a second. Part of the reason why it's so difficult is we don't, spoiler alert, our next point, provide training for our team. We take people who have never mixed anything before in their life, and the entire um, hope of their performance is is laying on them who have never mixed anything in their life before, and, and they're lost, and they're, they're stressed, and they're struggling. Um, get some outside help. Get someone that can come into your rehearsals and 
go around and listen to in your mixes and go, Hey, um, uh, how's it sound to you? You know, a good audio engineer will ask, how's it sound to you? And they'll say, sounds muddy. Or when the drummer really starts playing, I'm struggling to hear it. And then the audio engineer can go, oh, okay, so let's try this. What I want you to do is we're going to put a compressor on the drums so that when they really start digging in, it's going to just cut their volume back a little bit so that you can hear yourself better. You may not know how to do that, but an audio engineer, maybe who's, again, never even mixed in-ears, is going to hear what you say, and they're going to have the tools and the the talent and the technical know-how and ability to translate uh, uh, the problem you're having and find a solution based on techniques, tools, different concepts that they can teach you. So, um, you know, pay a half-day rate or something or half-gig rate for an audio engineer to come in and listen to your in-ear mixes and try to help you. Um, again, let them hear your mix and provide you with feedback. Um, number four here, and this one's super important. Again, I, I hinted at this earlier, provide training. Um, if you're a worship leader transitioning your band of volunteers to this, please, please, please don't decide on Thursday that you're going to use in-ears on Sunday. And the first time everyone shows up, you took away their, their music stand, you took away their guitar amp and told them to play with in-ears. It's, it's, I promise you, it's not going to go well. Please don't do that. So provide opportunities for your bandmates and for you to learn how to create good inner mixes. Again, consult with outside help. Have someone come in. Spend time doing it. Um, uh, spend time finding content, listening to this podcast, the different videos we have on this channel about creating a good in-ear mix and creating a great experience for you and your band. Um, and just devour that content, everything you can find about it, find it. But then here's the important thing, test it. So go, okay, this guy said to do this, this girl said to do this, try it and which one works better for you and whichever gives you the better result, go down that path. But you've got to provide training for you and your 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 band. Um, if you guys are going to transition to, to in-ears and you haven't set a timeline and you're not trying it and you're not getting outside help and you just step on stage and think, well, I'm a really good musician, so I'm going to download this app on my phone and mix my own in-ears. It ain't going to go well. I, I hate to tell you, it's not going to go well. But if you spend some time you devote time to training, it, it is going to go well. I promise you, it will go well, particularly if you give it some time, two weeks. You know, in two weeks, we're gonna start using in-ears on stage. Uh, this is kind of our time and whatever it is, it's gonna go well. Here's what I wanna uh, wrap up with. Again, we're going about 10 minutes. We'll go two to three more minutes. Again, I told you, it's not gonna fake wood. It's gonna be a quick episode. I wanna end today's episode with, uh, and we're. this is kind of segueing us into next week a bit. Um, but if, uh, if I only have three minutes to create an in-ear mix. Here's my quick mix tip. Here's what I do. Uh, I want to share it with you to wrap this episode up. Um, it, it's going to be incredibly beneficial. So listen, listen carefully. Okay. Uh, you got three to five minutes to create your in-ear mix. Here's what I do. One, I zero everything out. What I mean is I bring everything down to zero. I start from scratch. Maybe there's a recall, there's a reset button, whatever it is, get everything down, volume all the way down, set your volume on your, uh, personal monitoring system on your in-ear pack to about three-fourths up. Give yourself enough headroom. And then here's what you do. You start with yourself. Turn yourself up. Play. Make sure you've got a good volume between you playing and hearing yourself in your ears. And then once you have that good, give yourself a timing reference. That timing reference could be click. It could be drums. Whatever it is, give yourself something so that you are sure you stay in time. I mentioned this earlier. For me, when I create it in your mix, my click is the loudest thing in the mix. I love it. 
uh, it to the point where if if I were to be singing next to a mic, the sound engineer has to tell me to turn the click down because it's bleeding into the mic. It's that loud. Uh, but I, I love hearing my the, the click pretty loud. So some sort of timing reference. Uh, next, you need some sort of pitch reference. That could be hopefully something that's not like a guitar because that's going to go out of tune pretty easily. But maybe it's a piano. Um, uh, maybe it's a, a synthesizer, something that's kind of so, uh, solid and steady. Just something you can kind of test with to make sure I'm in time and I'm in pitch, right? Hopefully that makes sense. Next thing is figure out whoever you're trying to lock into or who you're trying to blend with. So if you're a drummer, bass player comes up. If you're a bass player, drums come up, right? To make sure that you can lock in with the drummer. If you're a vocalist, uh, if you're a background vocalist, make sure you've got plenty of the lead vocal and then the other vocals you're trying to blend with. And then finally, everyone else just start to bring up slowly but surely and leave them all at an equal volume. Now you could go from there and say, well, I don't need the BGV, so I'll leave them lower. That's great. But this is again, a quick mix, quick mix tip. How do we create a quick mix in three to five minutes? Those are my helpful tips. Well, at least I hope they're helpful tips on how to do that when you're uh, in a pinch and um, need to really quickly make that happen. That's personally what I do. Now we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, and next week we're going to talk about how to improve your inner mix. I'll share some tips and approaches I take to mixing in-ears, uh, some common misconceptions, and maybe the reason why you're struggling with the in-ear mix. Uh, and then we'll talk about some tips and things you could do without spending a dime um, uh, to, uh, to improve your in-ear mix. But in order to see that, You've got to hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this. If you're on a podcast app, if you're watching on YouTube, you've got to hit subscribe, turn on the bell icon. So you're notified when we post new content next week's episode is going to go live 10 a.m. Central on Monday. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, be one of the first people in the world to listen to it. But again, you've got to follow subscribe to the channel uh, on your podcast app or on YouTube to check that out. Uh, and then make sure you stick around the YouTube channel. Again, I mentioned earlier, if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, then head over to YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell icon because uh, we're posting a lot of in-ear content this month. It's, it's kind of the in-ear next couple of weeks, which is going to be super, super fun. But we'd love to see you on next week's episode of Behind the Space Bar. And if not there, then maybe sometime throughout the week, can post content every day, 10 a.m. Central. would love to see you on one of the next ones. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.